Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome back to another edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so derek tell me about your week so i've been watching a lot of movies lately Mm -hmm. partially because i tend to go through phases whenever i do stuff you know in my spare time like i'll go through phases where i listen to a bunch of podcasts i might watch tv shows I might watch movies, and right now I'm going through a movie phase. Oh, yeah? I actually saw, on Saturday, I saw two really good movies. I saw the early access screening of Knives Out, which is a fantastic movie. If you like murder mystery type movies, it's really good. I'm actually going again uh, tomorrow with uh, Steve Wise to go see it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. So the cool thing is... Back in the day when it used to be, because um, we have an AMC here in town, it used to be a car bike. And then before that, it was Rave Motion Pictures. During these early screenings, they would always give out some type of giveaway, like a poster, something along the lines of that. Well, they stopped doing it in like 2016. Why? I have no idea. But when I got to the AMC this past Saturday, they were giving out posters for knives out. They were just like, oh, yeah, feel free to grab a poster if you want. So I grab one because, of course, it's free and I want it. So I go into the theater. You know, After I get my water and everything, I sit down. Right before the movie starts, the manager comes in and says, hey, just so you guys know, if you have a poster, there's a sticker on the back of one of them that says who done it. And if you have that, then you've won a prize pack and you can come see me after the movie. Oh, that's cool. And I had the winning poster. Nice. Well, the funny thing was, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll, you know, just go meet up with her after the, um, after the movie. Right before the movie starts, they show a pre-recorded message from Ryan Johnson, who directed the movie, a.k.a. the guy who supposedly ruined Star Wars for so many people. <laughs> But we'll we'll save that for another podcast because trust right. me, I have some thoughts on it. He did a pre-recorded message saying, "Hey, if you check the back of your poster and you have a sticker, you win something." And I'm like, "Oh, that would have been a much cooler way to find out." <laughs> yeah. But, but either way, I mean, I won something, so I, I ultimately can't complain. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard really good stuff about that new Knives Out movie. I might have to go see that. You should. It's really, really good. And then after that, I saw Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, oh, which is yeah. the, the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie. The, the movie overall was not as good as Knives Out, but you can't go wrong with Tom Hanks. Like oh, in any yeah. role, he's going to knock it out of the park. And he was amazing as Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I've been uh, really interested in seeing that. Did you see the, uh, the documentary about Mr. I Rogers? I haven't yet. Oh, it's so good. Uh, that's what be- i've heard better get yourself a box of tissues before you watch it <laughs> i've heard that too i've heard that it makes people cry it does uh very much so 
Um, I just got done a little while ago uh, watching episode three of The Mandalorian again, and uh, <laughs> I can't that show's so great. stop watching that show. It's ridiculous. Well, if you want to hear a good discussion about The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. you can check out last week's episode of The Derek Diamond Experience with yourself and Mr. Wally Phelps exactly. as we discuss the first two episodes of the show. So it might be slightly outdated, but I still think it was a really good discussion. Yeah, if you haven't uh, gotten your seven-day free trial of uh, Disney Plus and watched the first three episodes of The Mandalorian, you are doing yourself a disservice by not watching one of the greatest Star Wars properties ever created. So I asked the question to you guys on the podcast, is it the best Star Wars property since Return of the Jedi? Hands down. The more that I see of it, because to me, the show just keeps getting better with Mm -hmm. every episode. Well, it keeps getting better with every viewing. I've seen every episode three times now, and every time I watch it, I notice something new. Or catching a bit of dialogue that I missed. Or, you know, I'll see something that I missed before. There's so much stuff hidden in these episodes that, like, every time you watch it, you see something new. You're like, oh, I missed that last time. Now I know what this means and, like, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I need to watch episode three again. I've watched episodes one and two twice. And yeah. I watched the third one once, but I do know I have Friday off because it's Black Friday. Um, I'm definitely going to be first thing I'm going to do when I wake up Friday is watch the new episode. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I do have to work on Friday because I very stupidly volunteered <laughs> to work on a holiday. But uh, but I kind of need you get the extra money, money so. for it. Yeah, uh, I also get paid to to be off on Thanksgiving too, so that's nice. So I'll be getting a yeah. you know a little extra money this week. Uh, being a holidays and all, but, uh, but I won't get to watch it till Friday afternoon. So, uh, no spoilers until about four o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) You just text me when you watch it and then we can, we can discuss it. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I can't think of anything else going on right now other than, uh, I don't even remember what I've had such a crazy week. Like I can't even remember all that I've done. (laughs) I just... It's like everything's starting to bleed together, and uh, nothing's going to calm down until after Christmas. Yeah, when you get to around this time of year when you have stuff you do with your family, mm-hmm. and I, I know for me at least, a lot of the like extracurricular stuff that I do that's outside of work, a lot of it is around November and December because it's really the only time that I can do it. Yeah. Because I, I know I, I took... Um, I took two days off last week and I actually started working on uh, my next film project. I haven't started actually writing the script yet, but I've got a little over half of it outlined. Awesome. I can't wait to read it. Hopefully, um, my goal is because I know baseball starts in April. Well, in June, we have around two weeks where we don't have any baseball games. Mm because it coincides with the all-star break as well as a 10-day road trip for the team. So I'm thinking if everything works out, that's my goal is to win to shoot it. No, oh, that's cool. During that time frame. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get as much rest as I can this weekend because starting next week, um, my mo- month of December basically kicks it off into overdrive from the very get-go. Because Monday night, 
uh, which is what December second. I have to go to New mm-hmm. Orleans and do some promo videos. Tuesday night, I have to go to Mobile to uh, the uh, Alabama Music Box again for another comedy show. And then Friday, I will be going to Panama City to do a comedy show down there. And then we're coming back immediately to here on Saturday to do uh, a roast battle, which I will be roasting the, the Nerd Cave Retro Official Fact Checker. Wally Phelps in round oh. one of the uh, <laughs> of the roast battle, so it's going to be a uh, breakneck week next week, which means that we're going to be recording next week's episode uh, early, and it's going to be pre-recorded episode. So there will be no live episode next week uh, due to just hectic schedule. Man, it sucks that the roast is on Saturday because that's probably when I'm going to go to Tampa. Oh, yeah. for the uh for the film festival i haven't quite decided when exactly i'm gonna go yet but my my logic is if i i feel like if i would just go on sunday i wouldn't really get much out of it so i feel like i should at least go on saturday as well to see other films and the, the good thing is originally the parker syndrome was going to be played sunday night at like 9 15 well they bumped it up to the primetime spot for all the dramas so it'll actually be at 7 mm. instead of 9.15, which is a little bit better. I mean, I'm still going to have to drive back the next day. Yeah, and that's a, but, ooh, man, that's a haul. People that don't think Florida's a big state, you drive yeah. across it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm thinking I might leave that Friday morning. Yeah. So I can get there, you know, around like mid to late afternoon that Friday night rest up and then do the the film festival thing saturday sunday and then drive back monday that's a long but, weekend yeah <laughs> so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a long weekend you know starting to really prep stuff for the the film screening on the 21st i'm trying to get as much podcast stuff done as possible in the can that way i don't yeah. have to do too much for the rest of the year i yeah. mean i know we'll be doing the the star wars stuff which we have to figure out yeah. but we can talk about that. I'm thinking if next year is as busy as this year, we might have to uh, start doing some Nerd Cave retros, like uh, banked episodes to release in December, because it's getting kind of rough. We may actually need to take a week off at the end of the month just to recover from everything. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea. Just, you know, take the... Because let me look at a calendar real quick. Because I know we have the little film festival in Pensacola on the 21st. I, I have comedy shows here and there throughout the month, yeah. so it's going to be nuts. Yeah, well, you know what we could do? Because, let's see, the 20... Christmas is on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. which is when we normally release a show. What we could do... I don't know if you had planned on like staying the night or if you were going to just drive back that night. But we could try to set aside some time to do like a like an in person show. Okay. That way, it's already banked, and then we don't have to worry about it. That sounds good to me. But we we've got some time to figure it out. I mean, it's yeah. still a couple of weeks away. I know December is really going to be kind of a a busy month because the seventh I'll be in Tampa. The fourteenth is when we have our live show. Twenty mm-hmm. first is the the film screening. Oh, I need to make a. Uh... Uh, event page for that i forgot that's <laughs> so much going on yeah i uh, will we'll get the whole we'll get the whole scheduling thing figured out 
Please remind me to do that tomorrow <laughs> to make yeah. an event page. We we can we can talk more about it um, after the show if you want. All right, sounds good to me. But right now, I'm ready to go into the news. How about you? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. From NintendoLife.com, uh, the Hyperkin Admiral is a wireless N64 controller uh, that actually looks pretty cool. Um, anyone who's ever crammed around a TV with an N64, GoldenEye 007, and a few friends will know the struggles that the short cord on the N64's controller caused. Few companies have tried to remedy this in the past with controller extensions and controllers that just don't hit the mark. But this one has really succeeded. However, the folks over at Hyperkin are tossing their hat in the ring, attempting to take your game to the next level with their latest controller, the Admiral, a premium wireless Bluetooth controller for the Nintendo 64. Um, if you compare it to an original N64 controller, you'll instantly notice how much smaller and differently set up it is. Hyperkin decided to go with a more simple ergonomic design, re somewhat reminiscent of the Hori Mini Pad or the RetroBit Tribute 64 that removes one of the grips from the original and swaps the position of the analog stick with the D-pad. They've also moved and duplicated the Z button to the top right side of the controller, right below the L and R buttons. It helps feel more natural when shooting in GoldenEye, tossing shells in Mario Kart 64, or even just sprinting around on Kazooie's legs in Banjo-Kazooie than it did having the Z button always assigned to your left hand. So what do you think? Do you think this might uh, be something you'll want to pick up sometime soon? I think so, because there are still several N64 games that I want to review for the show. Mm -hmm. I wish it was something that I could actually try, yeah. like in a store, before I actually made the commitment to buy it. The only question that I have with it, and it could be one of those things that once I used it, I could be completely wrong. If I were designing this, I might have switched the C buttons with the A and B buttons as far as location yeah, goes. I which that, that would essentially turn it into a GameCube controller. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like it the A and B buttons where the C buttons are currently on this controller would be a much more natural spot. Yeah. Well, this thing is going to be available for pre-order on Hyperkin's website for $39.99 with an expected ship date of December 5th, 2019. So... If you want to go pick one up, um, go pre-order one right now, and it will ship on December 5th, just in time I'll definitely Christmas. think about it. Yeah, I will too. This actually looks kind of cool. I hate the N64 controller. I think this one looks more... Even though I agree with you, the A and B buttons should be switched with the... Uh, what do they call them again? The yellow ones? The, um, the C buttons. The C buttons. I would have switched those too, but I don't know. Maybe it... If you'd have done that, you wouldn't have a good enough grip on on it, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, I definitely would have done that, too. But I would love to test this thing out. But just from actually looking at it, I can already tell just by looking at it, it looks way more comfortable than a regular N64 controller. Oh, for sure. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. It, it'll be something that I might read or watch a couple of reviews first before I actually like pull the trigger on it but yeah definitely think about it and hyperkin's known for for good stuff so it's not like you're yeah. getting something that's going to immediately break or suck yeah that's true 
Our next story comes to us from Tom'sGuide.com, the best retro gaming Black Friday deal yet. A Genesis Mini for only $49. Black Friday may technically be a few days away yet, though there are already some enticing Black Friday gaming deals to be had. Retro fans, take note, Amazon is offering the Sega Genesis Mini for just $49 right now. That's $30 off the console's regular $79 list price, and when you consider that Sega's little black box comes with 42 games to begin with, this is one particular offer no classic gaming enthusiast should miss out on. You can also score this deal on Best Buy and Walmart. This is probably something that I will actually do because I have a $50 Amazon gift card that I got for Christmas last year that I have not used. So I think I may have found a purpose for it. It's your time. It's time to get one. That's that's pretty much why I put this in here. I knew you hadn't gotten one yet, so I was like, you can't pass up the Genesis Mini for 50 bucks. That's just too good of a deal. Oh, no. And I, I want to get it specifically so I'll have it to play during my Christmas break because mm-hmm. I'll have about a week and a half off. So there's this and then the... Um, the video game trading post which is a local retro gaming store that i've talked about a few times here they're actually doing a black friday sale Mm -hmm. and that might be the one thing that gets me out of my house (laughs) because as you know black friday shopping is insane when you do it in person so that and the store opens at 10 so it's not like it'll be extremely late in the day so i might go because there's a couple of games they have that I want that I want to review for the podcast, but I just haven't had time to play them because they're like longer RPG type games. Yeah. So I might go do that on Friday and then just come back home. Well, there's a Walmart right down the street from me. So I think as soon as I get off work on Friday, I'm, I'm going to pop over to Walmart and uh, see if I can pick up the Mario and Rabbids game for $15 that we read about last week for the Black Friday deals, because I'm excited about that. I want to get my hands on a copy. Yeah, you can't beat that deal. Nah, 15 bucks, And then if you're, if, now's the time. If you're looking for uh, Nintendo Switch deals, like Black Friday is going to be nuts. I mean, you're going to get you know, Breath of the Wild. If you haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, it's 30 bucks at Walmart and Target. You can't beat that with a stick. Not at all. Uh, this is all. awesome. This next story from TheVerge.com. This wild NES mouse will haunt your dreams. The this thing looks bit, great. Yeah, it does. The 8-bit dough in 30 looks like what would happen if you mashed an NES in a car crusher. Um, <laughs> Nintendo's original entertainment system is now 34 years old. Um, and since the console debuted in North America in the fall of 85, it's designed the familiar boxy shape, the matte black. Uh, Matt Gray, Black and Red, has been an inspiration to nerds everywhere. Uh, the latest entry into this venerable canon, which includes everything from uh, Jordans to shelving, is the 8-bit Doe N30, a 2.4 gigahertz wireless mouse made by the mad scientists over at 8-bit Doe. Is it 8-bit Doe or 8-bit Do? I, can't, I never really know how to pronounce it. I always call it 8-bit Doe. Yeah, me too. It sounds um, cooler to me. Yeah. Um, you can order one right now for twenty four ninety nine. Um, this thing is like you just have to look at a picture of it. It's you know it's a two button mouse, but it has also the uh, the D pad on the side of it where your mm-hmm. thumb would be, and I am in love with it. <laughs> yeah, I want to get one. Twenty five bucks yep. is not bad for that. 
No, it's really not. I mean, you you think of what other, you know, a, a normal computer mouse or a wireless mouse and a keyboard. It, it's competitive prices, I think. So uh, I, says, I would definitely get one. Says uh, the mouse features a 3D touch panel between the buttons for scrolling and the D-pad on the side is for navigating websites, page forward and backward, the same way you move Mario and Super Mario Brothers. Uh, 8-Bit Doe says that a single AA battery will give you 100 to 120 hours of use. That should be more than enough time to go dust off your old NES and finally beat the original Legend of Zelda. Which ain't no easy feat. No. Yeah, I want one of these. I want one too. <laughs> it just looks so cool. I know. It's like the ultimate gamer mouse. Yeah. Must have. Oh, absolutely. That might be a Christmas present to myself. Same. And our last story comes to us from Kotaku.com. Unreleased version of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 found after surviving development hell. Sonic's been in the news a lot lately. Yes, he has. Hidden Palace and the Cutting Room Floor have, with a little help, got hold of what must be one of the most interesting unreleased video games of all time, an early preview build of Sonic 3 that's quite different from the Genesis game that was eventually released. As Hidden Palace reminds us in their report of the find, Sonic 3 had one hell of a struggle in development, originally beginning life as an isometric 3D game before reverting to its more classic 2D form in order to hit marketing deadlines, which was the right decision anyway. Then, when it was unable to hit those, it ended up being split into two games, the second of which would go on to become Sonic and Knuckles. Now, the funny thing about this, after Sonic and Knuckles came out, they did make a Sonic 3D game called Sonic 3D Blast. I want to say it was for the Saturn. Let me look that up real quick. I'm not sure. Because I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. When I read this article earlier today, that's instantly what I thought of. Yeah, it came out for the Saturn in 96, which was... It was not a very good game. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. So it was the right call to keep Sonic 3 as its traditional 2D look because Sonic 3 is a fantastic game, mm -hmm. and so is Sonic and Knuckles. You know, this makes me think. You know how they made the Super Mario Maker game yeah. for the um, for the Switch? They should do a Sonic one. Yeah, somebody was saying that today on Twitter. Was that Nate that said that about uh, they should do? Uh, yeah, that's. I saw somebody say it on Twitter today, and I, I wanted to make it a point to bring that up. That's a good idea. But with Sonic being relevant now, and you know, with the movie coming out next year. I think in no way would that game be ready for when um, for when the movie comes out, but maybe for video release or digital streaming, I have no idea. But now would be the time to to make that happen because that would be a lot of fun to do. Could you imagine all the crazy like levels you could oh make with like loops and just nuttiness that would happen with a, a Sonic Maker? Oh my god. <laughs> it would be so frustrating, but it would be like frustratingly fun. All the crazy levels that people made with the Mario Maker, man, like Sonic is just that's it's made for that. Like homebrew kind of like people uploading their own, you know, maps and stuff like that. Like why is this not done already? I've watched some of those Mario Maker levels and 
I just think to myself, if I tried to play through these, it would drive me to drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they have one, uh, if you ever watch um, Cinemassacre, if you, if you subscribe to the Cinemassacre uh, YouTube channel, it's the guy that does the angry video game nerd. Uh, well, they yeah. do this uh, weekly um, weekly show called James and Mike Mondays, where they every week they'll just play a video game together. Uh, it's usually like retro games, but they did the Super Mario Maker, uh, like the crazy levels that people were putting on there. And there's one I know you've seen the GIF of with all the 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 flame bars that go around. And yeah. they were trying to do that level, and it was just ridiculous. Like, it was giving me anxiety just watching them play it. <laughs> no. There's no Whoever way. Whoever created that level is evil. They're insane. Yeah. <laughs> They're a masochist is what they are. Yeah. <laughs> but creative, though. Yeah. But imagine if you could do that in Sonic. Wow. <laughs> yeah, same thing. It would probably drive me to drink. Yeah. But let's go ahead and move into video game history, shall we? Yes. On November 21st of 1991, Nintendo releases The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past for the Super Famicom in Japan. Still to this day, my favorite Zelda game. This is probably the Zelda game that I have put easily the most amount of playing time in because mm -hmm. I remember going through just over and over and over <laughs> beating this game as a kid. Yeah. And I, I wish I should start doing this again, but through um, high school and college after Link to the past came out on game boy advance, I would play through it once a year mm. during the summer and would complete it, you know, a hundred percent. What was your fastest Such time a of being able to beat it? Oh, geez. I have no idea. Because I did the same thing. I beat it over and over so many times. I think probably my fastest time to beat the whole game was probably somewhere around 12 hours. Maybe like two play sessions, you know? Yeah. Get through the light should... world, and then you take a break till the next day, and then you go play the dark world. You got to pack a lunch for the dark world. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes a while to do. Yeah. But... But no, it's it's a fantastic game. It's you know, we've praised this game so much. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Absolutely. On November 27th, 1993, Quintet releases Illusion of Gaia for the SNES in Japan. I, this was actually one of the first games that I reviewed for this show mm -hmm. and to me is still one of the most underrated SNES RPGs of all time. And I, I know we've talked about possibly doing like revisits of games. This is one that I would consider revisiting because I've actually been um, throughout the day today because I had today off. Um, I was watching gameplay of Illusion of Gaia and just watching like review segments of it. And it made me really want to play it again. Yeah, I never got around to playing it. I just don't have a whole ton of time to go really jump into an RPG. But I would love to, though, if I had like a good couple of days with nothing to do, that would be... To on the top of the list. I think you would like it because it, it plays very similar to Link to the Past. I, I like that. So it, it's, it's a really good game. On November 13th of 1996, Tom Clancy and Virtus Corp Corporation found Red Storm Entertainment headed by Doug Littlejohns. 
So what did Red Such Storm Entertainment do? I know. I wish I had a name like Little John's. <laughs> yeah, they made all the um, Tom Clancy games oh, yeah. for Windows as well as uh, Far Cry 3 and 4. I just threw this in here because the sheer amount of Tom Clancy games oh that have God. come out. I had no idea the, they had there was this many Tom Clancy games. I remember the commercials for them, you know, back in the 2000s. I'd see those on TV all the time. I mean, I remember like the Ghost Recon and uh, the Rainbow Six games, but I don't remember, like, I didn't know Far Cry was Tom Clancy. Mm-hmm. Wow, Star Trek Bridge Crew. And then, of course, there was The Division that came out in 2016 that I never played, but I, I had always wanted to because I remember that being a big deal at E3, uh, I think the year before that I came out. A lot of Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six games. Yeah. Crazy. On November 22nd, 1996, Rare releases Donkey Kong Country 3 for the SNES. And I threw this one in there because going back and, you know, looking at the reviews of the games that, you know, we've talked about, it's funny how your perspective can change sometimes when you go back and play a game that you haven't played in forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I remember, like, I love the Donkey Kong Country games, but I don't remember the third one being that great when I was growing up. And I think it's because one and two were so good that three was almost set up to fail. Yeah. (laughs) But I I went back and played it, you know, whenever I did the review for this, you know, way back whenever I did it. I can't remember the exact time frame. But I remember thinking, this game is way better than I remember it. Like, it's still my least favorite of the Donkey Kong Country games, but it's it's well worthy of being in that franchise. Yeah, I want to get I want to get a complete collection of the Donkey Kong Country games because I only have one for the yeah, Super I've, Nintendo. Yeah, I, I've I've got all three. I, I want to get the first one in um, like Inbox. Like that's a game. Like if I had to pick five SNES games to have in box, Donkey Kong Country would be one of them. Oh yeah, it's good artwork. It's a beautiful uh, package. Oh, it's great. Uh, on November thirtieth of nineteen ninety seven, WCW versus NWO World Tour is released for the Nintendo sixty four. Did you ever play any of the N sixty four wrestling games? No, never did. I feel like because and. I can only speak from reviews that I've read and what you know you and Joey have talked about, but the N64 games compared to the older ones, the N64 games were really good. Yeah. Pretty much any time a wrestling game came out for whatever console, I had to have it. I had this game, I had uh, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy, and I remember having WCW Nitro for the, um, the PlayStation. But th- this is the WCW game that really stands out to me. Oh, yeah. As far as, like, you know, just go-to games that I would play with friends was this one and WrestleMania 2000. Well, it just seems to me that, you know, once you introduce an analog stick into something like a wrestling game, it just make it just seems to, like, it would instantly, like, work better than trying to use a D-pad to, uh, to, to wrestle with. Yeah. Yeah, and this, I think, is a good example of that. Uh, let's see. Well, on November 19th, 1998, or no, is it your turn or my turn? 
Uh, let's see. It is. No, it's my turn. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no worries. November nineteenth of nineteen ninety eight, Half Life is released for Windows, and people are still wanting Half Life three. Well, they had, did just uh, announce they're doing a VR. They have a game, a uh, Half Life game coming out for VR, and now the actual name of it is escaping me. Half Life VR game. I know people love Half Life one and two. Uh, I would love to play this game at some point. It's, yeah, it's called uh, Half-Life colon Alex, A-L-Y-X. I guess that's how you would say that. Um, okay. But it supposedly, um, it's not necessarily a sequel that everybody was looking for. Everybody's been wanting Half-Life 3. I, I think this is sort of uh, in between. I think this t- kind of takes place in between 1 and 2. So it's not the it's it might be uh, Valve dipping their toe back into uh, the Half Life world and seeing. Should call it Half Life One Point Five. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to give this game a shot at some point because I know it was it was pretty popular back in the day and almost I remember there. It's not so much now because I think people have pretty much given up on it. Mm. But a lot of people. Every time E3 would roll around, a popular like request would be Half-Life 3. Yeah. Valve was making too much money off Steam. I, I guess they just... And plus, how could you ever... like If they did announce Half-Life 3, like the expectations would be so high. How would they yeah. ever match up to those expectations? That's true. I mean, that's... I don't know. I'd feel weird if I was in Valve's place because it's been so long since half-life 2 came out maybe this is their kind of like okay let's start dribbling out a little bit of half-life stuff to kind of temper those expectations a little bit for half-life 3 yeah uh let's see also in 1998 november 21st to be exact Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is released for the nintendo 64 which i still need to go back and finish my game i started uh, about a year ago for this well you uh you forgot to mention it by its alternate title as well and that is the best damn video game ever made <laughs> i'm I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no i mean it's what can i say about this game that i haven't already it's you know my all-time favorite video game i remember i still remember exactly where i was the first time i played ocarina of time and just going out into Hyrule Field for the first time, and I was just blown away. And, you know, the same thing happened again with Breath of the Wild on a completely different level, but the first time playing Ocarina of Time and that moment happening Mm -hmm. is like a very vivid memory. Like, I could tell you what room I was in, the exact spot that I was sitting in (laughs) when I played this game. You know, I, you know I, like I, I really did feel that way too, especially in Breath of the Wild when you first step off the plateau yeah. and you're, you, know, you just see Hyrule just laid out before you and you're just like, oh my God, I want to live there. Right? <laughs> I meant to put this in the... I didn't because I don't know if it's true or not. I read a rumor and this is, take this as rumor. I read that there's a possibility of a Zelda anime for Netflix. Hmm. I'll have to see if I can find the article. The way they laid it out would actually be a good way to do it. Supposedly, there's a three-season plan for it. 
the first season would deal with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Season two would be Link to the Past and Link's Awakening. Season three would be Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass. Speaking of Netflix and video game shows, I forgot to put this in the news. And I just, like, you reminded me when you said Legend of Zelda for Netflix. Guess what's coming back for season three, the 1st of December? Wait, as of this year? Yes. Castlevania? Castlevania season three Holy drops December shit. 1st. <laughs> wow. Yeah, let me look that, right that's, here. That's shocking. Uh, from Eurogamer.net eight hours ago. Um, Netflix's acclaimed animated Castlevania series is set to return for a third season. Um, now has an official air date of the 1st of December. Um, let's see... Uh, they have the tr the teaser trailer up right now, and um, it hasn't released a cast list or really much else in the way of details, but expect a return for Richard Armitage as Trevor Belmont, Graham McTavish as Dracula, James Callis as Alucard, and Alejandra Reynoso as Saifa Balnades as at the very least. So season three is dropping on the first, which is what, Saturday or Sunday? That's Sunday. Sunday. Well, I know what I'm doing Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> that's, wow. I need that's to that's this, actually shocking. I need to add this back. Let me write that in the notes so I remember to put it in the in the Castlevania Season 3. I can't believe I forgot to put that. I read that earlier today, and I was like holding on to it for the show, and I forgot. <laughs> that definitely deserves a wow. And I here, I was gonna put in here. Stop it! You blew it. Okay, I blew it. <laughs> Monkey. Okay, all right. Man, uh, they're it's, just it's all fine. over me tonight, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that clip from? Uh, which one? Uh, the you blew it. No, the scream. Oh, that's the Jamie Lee Curtis scream from Halloween One. Oh yeah, I recognize it now. Okay. Uh, nice. Oh man, um, that's it for uh, the um, video game history. Derek, would you like to get, uh, do the shout outs this evening? I do have one more uh, video game history segment, and then oh. we'll get into our Patreon. Oh shoot, I forgot. Sorry, I missed that. No I worries. Got so wrapped On up November... in Castlevania Three, I, I got all yeah. discombobulated. On November twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. November twenty first was a popular day for yeah, gaming. It was. Pokemon Gold and Silver are released in Japan for Game Boy Color. This was kind of my, um, back in the day, this was kind of my exit from the Pokemon franchise. I, I really liked Gold and Silver and then Crystal when it came out, which was basically an enhanced version of Gold and Silver combined into one game. But it was still really good. You know, I, a lot of people have fond memories of Gold and Silver. And I know back in the, I think it was 2009 they remade gold and silver for the ds and that kind of got me back into pokemon for a bit they just but, released a pokemon game what last week uh shield sword and shield yeah last week i'm i'm not sure if i'm going to be playing it or not i haven't really read that much about it um it might be something i get down the line but i'm not in a, a huge rush to get it the, the switch game that I, I want is luigi's mansion 3 yeah, I'd like to play that. I really too. need to get 
I really need to get that. Oh, you got all crunchy there for a second. You're good now. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. But um, And that does it for this month in video game history. So, as always, we like to give a shout-out to our subscribers over on our Patreon page. We like to shout-out Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, Justin Olson, and John Jekyll. Thank you guys so much for essentially keeping the lights on for us. Mm-hmm. And if you want to contribute to our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if we get back to the $50 level, we will do an exclusive bonus episode. Uh, extra episodes like we've done with the Mario Brothers commentary, the Wizard commentary, we'll do those as monthly extra episodes if we get back to that $50 level. And if mm-hmm. you want to help us out with that, go over to patreon.com slash retro. Thank you guys very, very much. And tonight, we're going to be talking about Fu Heroes, also known in Japan as Super Chinese, is an arcade action game developed by Nihon Game, now Culture Brain, and published by Teo System in October 1984. Chinese Hero is the first game in the Super Chinese series by Culture Brain. It was ported to the NES as Kung Fu Heroes in Japan by the company Nihon Game in 86. Uh, it was released in North America in 89. Title saw a release on the Nintendo Switch Online service on October tw- on August 21st, 2019, most notably being the first time the North American version has been re-released in a few decades. So um, I've actually been playing this on the, the regular Nintendo um, because I like to do that. But yes, it is available on the Nintendo Switch Online, and um, it's, it's just as good there. I just personally, I prefer playing on original hardware if I can. Um, it features an overhead view, and up to two players may play simultaneously. It is a direct port of the earlier arcade game Chinese Hero, and um, unlike other titles in the series, um, it does not incorporate any role-playing video game elements in the gameplay. Um, and I did read that there was a uh, sequel to this, which was an RPG, but uh, I think it was called uh, Ninja Heroes or something like that, which I, I don't remember that at all. But um, but I was uh, I saw um, actually I was watching a video and they talked about um, the the sequel to this game, um, but it was turned into an RPG. But uh, I picked mm-hmm. this game up ooh, a couple of years ago, probably a year or two ago at uh, um, I think I got it at the uh, the flea market for just a couple of bucks. I mean this game is. Not hard to find. It's it's pretty much a dime a dozen, but um, it's really fun. Like I had never really played this game that much when I was a kid. I had rented it a few times when I was a kid. I never owned it, but to be a beat 'em up, it it is kind of strange as a beat 'em up because it does kind of have that does have sort of a Zelda feel to it because it is. That's that, exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, it, it kind of has that overhead. Like there is, it's not not a map, but it's it's not a side scroller. Like it's a beat 'em up, but it's not a side scroller. Like you go from um, <clears throat> one uh, single um, board 
and then you um you it's basically just sort of like um uh, horde mode <laughs> where enemies are just constantly spawning and you can you know you you can kick or punch which takes a little while <coughs> excuse me to get used to the uh, the hit detection the hit detection's a little weird as far as the punching goes i actually find myself uh doing the kick a lot more than i am punching because the punching is you have to be like perfectly lined up with the person and it's also like you you punch with your right hand so you have to be perfectly lined up with the, with you know your right hand in order to hit them so i i tend to just kick a lot but you can also like affect the environment too like you can punch rocks and um sometimes the rocks will uh get destroyed and give you like power ups or money uh sometimes there are staircases hidden underneath to lead you to like a bonus level um sometimes you can use the, there are certain rocks you can punch that uh that you send flying and it will kill you know your enemies in one hit and you can do that for sort of like um there's there's these monsters that come out i'm not quite sure what they are but uh you basically just have to run from them and, and try to hit them with with the rocks and uh because you're punching and kicking doesn't really do much to them but mm -hmm. um i don't really know exactly like what the mechanic of the game is it's sort of like you just go to these levels and you just beat the hell out of every enemy that comes at you until I guess you have to get like a certain number of enemies before, you know, the door opens up at the top of the screen and then you have to fight your way to the door. And then once you go through the door, then you can go to the next level. And I don't remember how many levels there are in the game. There's like, I guess probably about 12 to 15 levels and the game's not that long. And I still didn't really finish the game because <coughs> it is pretty challenging. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's, you know, unfinishable. Like if I really sat down and like forced myself to play like a, you know, a couple, this seems like the kind of game you could probably beat in about an hour or two if you really applied yourself to finish it. And, um, I have a lot of fun playing this game. I've never played it with two, two players though. I would actually like to do that. Um, if we could get together and actually play yeah. it on the Switch and play two-player with this game. Well, I know a certain live show we're doing in a couple of weeks that we yeah. could make a part of that. We could do that. That would be Because I, I saw this on the Switch, and I, I haven't played it. I've just watched a little bit of gameplay on YouTube, but it, it does look like a lot of fun. And like you mentioned at the beginning of your review, it's not at all what I expected. When I heard the name Kung Fu Heroes, I was instantly thinking an RPG. Mm -hmm. and it's not that at all so that that kind of threw me off a bit but it, it looks like a game that would be challenging but would be fun with with someone else to play with yeah and like i said it, it's it's a turn your brain off and play kind of a game which which isn't a bad thing yeah that's that's kind of what i like doing with the nintendo i like the good those goods just simple plug and play kind of games where you can just kind of turn your brain off and just have fun for a little while. And that's exactly what this game is. Like it does kind of have that, you know, addicting factor where you're just kind of like, Oh, I need to get past this level. Oh, I'm going to play it one more time and get past this stupid level. Like that kind of, you know, that kind of addictiveness to it. So it's definitely got that Nintendo charm about it. And 
from first glance, like you look at it and you're like, eh, this it kind of has that look of like, oh, this is one of those like D tier Nintendo games that like was like you'd always see like in the in the bargain bin. But it yep. would be one of those games that would be like, oh, well, I'll pick this up out of the bargain bin for like seven bucks and then be like that, that, you know, that hidden gem that you would just be like, holy crap, this game is good. And you would just play it all the time. Like it's that sort of game. I can see that. Yeah, I can think of a few other games that could compare that to. But yeah, it, it's it looks like a game that, you know, I, I want to try it at least on the switch before I say, Oh, I think this is a good game or a bad game, but it's definitely intriguing for sure. And, and I really wish I would have gotten, I would have had this game as a kid because this seems like something that would be really fun to play. Like, you know, at a sleepover or something like that, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I would definitely agree with that. Uh, it looks here like there might be like 28 levels to the game because there it's in each level is uh, is broken up into four sub levels. So you've got like one 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 two one three and one four. Then you jump to two one two 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 three two four, and you've got one two three four five six seven eight eight levels with four four sub levels. Uh, in each world, so it'd oh, be like thirty, you know, thirty-two different um, single, uh, you know, uh, boards to to clear out on this game, which I think is a pretty healthy amount. Yeah, it's not bad, and and the graphics, you know, they're they're pretty good. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not like Super Mario Brothers three beautiful or anything, but it is. It's a charming looking game. Like there's. Uh, there, there's enough um, kind of like uh, different enemy types and things like that. Like at some point, there's a I was playing and all of a sudden some like uh, um, like nightstands started or or not nightstands but like uh, um, file cabinets or something started coming after me and like you can't hit them or anything. You just got to kind of run from them. I'm like, why the yeah. hell are there filing cabinets in here? Like, this is weird. Yeah, as far as the graphics go, you know, looking at a few screenshots and from the gameplay I watched, I mean, it's like you said, it's not the greatest looking game from that era, but I think from the era that it's from, the graphics definitely hold up. I oh, think yeah. like it, it looks it looks like a perfect game for its era. Yeah, and this. It just seems like it would have been like, like I said, like the perfect sleepover game to play. You know, you're hanging out with your buddy. You're up too late. You know, past your bedtime. You're you're hopped up on Mountain Dew and Doritos, and you're just playing the hell out of some Kung Fu heroes. Like it's that type of game. What was your go-to Dorito? Uh, always nacho cheese, man. Okay. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a Cool Ranch guy. I, I do like the Cool Ranch. Don't let don't let me you know. They're they're both they're both good. Now they have like ten different flavors. But I still have this really good memory of me and one of my best friends in sixth grade. His name was Daryl, and we used to skateboard together. And he stayed at my house one weekend, and he brought over uh, baseball stars. Do you remember baseball stars on the NES? 
And I know of it. We played baseball stars all night long, and we had a big family-sized bag of Doritos in between us, and we were just drinking like Cokes and Pepsis all night long, and just every once in a while, I remember we would like get a you know get a hit or something, or like run around the bases, and we'd hit pause and go chip break, and we'd dig in and start eating <laughs> chips, and we'd you know, hit the start button and start playing again. A few minutes later, chip break, and we start eating chips. Like that was just a really good memory. That's great. That makes me think of, you know, Halo get-togethers that we would have on the weekends oh, where yeah. we'd just get bags of Doritos <laughs> and boxes of Mountain Dew and we would just crush them during the entire weekend because that was that was all we would do. Yeah. We would go over to a friend's house, you know, Friday night, stay up all night playing Halo. Yep. And then we would go home, sleep, and then either go to a different friend's house or go back to the same house mm-hmm. and we do the same thing over again. And it was another memory. I remember staying with my friend Brian, I think like the fourth grade. And he had the original Nintendo uh, that came with Rob. And he had the the Rob set up in his bedroom. And I remember uh, we stayed up and played POW all night and ate Little Caesars pizza. First time I ever had Little Caesars pizza. The hot and ready's. Yeah, that was uh, 1986, I believe that was. Yeah. That was fun. Oh, that was around the time that I came into this world. See, I tell you, oh, don't make me feel that old, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I was just pointing out a fact. But I still remember, like, in his room, he had the, the Rob set up on one side of the TV, and then he had, like, this Yoda puppet. This really awesome oh, nice. Yoda puppet. He was, he was that kid who's, like, whose parents were, like, really well off, so he got everything he ever wanted. He was that kid. Like he had a like a four wheeler, <laughs> and like they lived on the river, and they had this uh, oak tree that went up through the middle of the living room, and, they, and there was this glass oh, around wow. it. So we uh, on Sunday morning after we played Nintendo and ate pizza all night, we uh, put his uh, Hot Wheels um, the racetrack around the glass, like around the tree. And we were playing like Hot Wheels around it all night. It was awesome. I wish I could go back to being a kid again. <laughs> Thems were simpler times. Yes, they were. That was Thems awesome. were simpler times. But yeah, uh, Kung, back to Kung Fu Heroes. Not much else I can really say about it. It's a really fun game. And uh, if you can, try to play two players. Um, if you have it, uh, if you have a switch, like this is, was one of the first games they released for the, uh, the Nintendo switch online. So it's right there. And if you have a Nintendo, you could pick up a copy of it pretty much at any flea market or, uh, retro gaming store for, you know, between five and 10 bucks and it's completely worth it. And, um, I, I enjoy this game. Um, and like I said, we need to play two player when we get together and, uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. But I would, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not going to give it a 10, but I'll give it like a solid seven. You know, it's, it's a good playable Nintendo game. Nothing bad about it. Nothing great about it, but it's just one of those kind of little hidden gems that just turned out to be a really good game. I think that's a respectable score. Yeah. I I dig that. That's my review for Kung Fu Heroes. Looking forward to playing it. Absolutely. You should. You should go play it tonight. Let me know what you think. I should, yeah. 
But uh, but that's all I got for uh, for this week. Um, anything we want to announce before we leave here tonight? Um, I can go ahead and let everybody know what I'm reviewing for next week. So next week is actually the 18 year anniversary of Super Smash Brothers Melee Ooh. for the GameCube. So that will be my review for next week's show. And then some stuff I know that we've got coming up. I know we mentioned we've got a mm -hmm. December is pretty slammed as far as stuff going on. Um, the 14th, we have our live show mm -hmm. at the Wayward Kraken. So we'll uh, be letting everybody know details about that once they're finalized. And then the following week, if you're in the Pensacola area or if you want to make the drive over, we're going to have a pretty epic... Um, I'm going to basically call it a mini film festival because we're showing six different movies at Garden and Grain, which is the event space for Perfect Plain Brewing Company, which is located in downtown Pensacola. That's going to start at 7 p.m. We're going to show six movies um, each after each film. Um, the Basically, the creators of the movies will have about 10 minutes to do a Q&A and we'll, uh, we'll have a good Fun time the weekend before Christmas. Watch some movies, drink some beer, mm -hmm. and it'll be a fun time. And we should mention it's short films too. It's not full length, yeah, two yeah. hour features. Yeah, short films. <laughs> yeah, we'd be there for like eighteen hours watching watching movies, which wouldn't be a bad thing. But uh, no, yeah. Not... <laughs> oh, yeah, and also right before that, a uh, a certain movie comes out in theaters. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I'm so yeah, hyped good. now because because of the Mandalorian. I'm super oh, hyped for uh, and dude, that last trailer they put out was so good. And did you see well, the new the new clip they put out about? Oh, they can fly now. Did you see that clip? I've been trying to avoid stuff. Mm. I, I, now that I've seen the last trailer, I'm trying to avoid <laughs> everything else. It's tough. You should go I, watch I, the clip. Go watch I'll, the clip. I'll, I'll, I'll go watch the clip. <laughs> oh, man. I'm uh, so... As you can tell, it's not easy to convince me to do stuff. I am so stoked for Star Wars right now, and it's all because of that little green bastard, Baby Yoda. Hey, he's He has captured the heart of America. <laughs> baby Yoda, da 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 Baby Yoda, baby Yoda, da da Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh yeah, man. We we've got to we got to figure out when we're going to do our um our Star Wars podcast. I know, we got to figure that out Cause, soon. Yeah, cuz that's going to be cuz I I want to release it on the 21st, which is actually when Rise of Skywalker comes out. So it'll need to be done like the week before. Okay. We'll but figure I'll, it out. We got a couple of yeah. nights there we'll be able to do it. Yeah, I, I'll I'll text you and Wally about it in like the next day or so. Okay. But uh, but I think but yeah. that's about it. Um, other than you know, if you guys are in the area, come over to the Wayward Kraken um, on Howard Avenue in Biloxi on December fourteenth, which is a Saturday. We're going to be starting about seven o'clock, so you might want to get there about six six thirty, and uh, we'll be doing a live um, Nerd Cave Retro podcast, and then afterwards we're going to do uh, Drunk Mario Kart, which will be the original Super Nintendo Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. That could get very dangerous. Yes, it could. But I'm excited for it. <laughs> That's going to be fun. We may even have a prize. We're, we're talking about doing a prize for the, uh, the person who makes it to the end of the competition. 
We'll have to figure that out. Maybe a, a bottle of aspirin and <laughs> an IV. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two Advil and a liter of water. Yeah, that'll work. Um, but I'm, I don't, I'm good. I'm ready to get out of here. What do you say? Oh, one, one more quick thing. Um, I'm actually releasing the Derek Diamond experience a day early for this week because Thursday's Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. So the day you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, you can also go check out, uh, the Derek Diamond experience. Uh, Steve Wise joins me. We review, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Which is uh, a very good film. So, oh, cool. yeah, we'll uh, be chatting about that, and then I've got a um, actually a really cool interview with uh, this acting coach named Michelle Danner. She actually grew up in the entertainment industry. Her um, her dad was one of the founding members of the first William Morris uh, talent agency. Wow, that's cool. So she she like grew up in <laughs> like in the limelight, and yeah. then she. She went from acting to becoming an acting instructor to then being a director. So I'm definitely really, going to listen to that. Really cool story. And she was a super nice lady. And go back and listen to that. If you haven't listened to it, listen to last week's Derek Diamond Experience. And if you haven't seen The Mandalorian yet, stay far away. But if you have gotten caught up on The Mandalorian, at least to episode two, go listen yeah. to that episode. Yeah, go watch The Mandalorian if you haven't. Then go check out the podcast. Because we we uh, we all three just vomited our undying love and loyalty to Mando and Baby Yoda on that episode. <laughs> the new Han and Chewie. Oh man, this last episode. I I don't want to give anything away. Oh, it was so good. With the little ball on the uh, the yeah. hyperdrive. Yeah, it gets me, man. <laughs> it gets oh, man. me right here. Uh, uh, just that part right there. I'm just like, I love the Mandalorian. I, I'm, dude, it's so great. Cool. <laughs> if we haven't convinced you to go watch the Mandalorian oh, by now, then you just don't have a heart. Oh man, just that. Oh, you see that little hand come up. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> uh, just go watch it, damn it. Go watch it, yeah. and uh, you're you're doing yourself a disservice by not. And the cool thing is, even if you just get the seven day free trial and you watch these three episodes, it did. Is it just me? And I just want to go over this real quick. Did it feel mm -hmm. like the end of that episode? was a nice, concise story that they literally could have ended on right there. Oh, yeah. But we have more. Like, I know we have more, but if, if that was just like a three-episode arc and that was it... Yeah, it I, was the conclusion. I would be completely satisfied. Yeah. Even though I want to know more about, you know, things. Yeah. <laughs> but it's even if you just watch those three episodes, you'll be like, I'm good. This is, I'm yeah. good. This is great. So let's go ahead and get out I, of here. I, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> before I start fawning over the Mandalorian more, and we'll go for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hold on just one second and make sure our music is up here. Yes, it is. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. The emails have dried up lately, so get on that, people. Send us some emails. And uh, if go, also go to nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. 
uh, and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Go support us on Patreon and keep the lights on here uh, at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And of course, if you can't throw us a buck or a couple bucks a month, go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. This is the way. This is the way. I have spoken. I gotta go capture that. I wanna put that at the end of the show. (laughs) I can send it to you. Monkey! I have spoken.